Welcome to the Baby Sleep Podcast, where real families come to share their struggles and achievements, as well as road-tested tips and tricks from their journey to a sleeping baby. I'm Elizabeth Martin, and I'm passionate about giving a voice to this huge and often lonely aspect of the parenting journey. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so delighted to have today my friend Maureen to join us here on the Baby Sleep Podcast. Um, Maureen, I was hoping you could introduce yourself to all of our listeners and tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. Um, So my name's Maureen, and I um, live in Denver, Colorado, and I have two children, two girls. Um, Addison is now three, was three in September, so a little bit over um, three, and Caitlin, we call her Kate, um, was born in January of this year, so she is just pushing 11 months. and my husband, Justin, um, was born and raised here in, in Colorado. Um, and so I've lived here now. We met um, back in 2008 or nine, I think it was. We got married in 20, 2015. Um, and yeah, Addison was born in 2017. So um, um, for work, I work in HR. Um, and I actually work from home, so that makes things for myself um, a lot easier, I think, to get some some things done around the house, um, as well as work. But yeah. you have the background of having traveled a lot for work extensively before this chapter, right? Yes, yes. So I worked in consulting, and for about 12 plus years, I traveled almost every week. Mm. So the one thing, um, for sure, as um, Justin and I were dating, uh, we knew, you know, having a family was important to us. And obviously when we did, um, he didn't want me traveling still. He's like, that's not what I'm signing up for. And I knew I didn't want to be traveling still. Mm -hmm. So there was some career changes and some motivation there, um, to, to see what the options were for myself when we were thinking about having a family. How far in advance before Addison came along did you make that adjustment? Mm. I, just, I don't remember the time. So I actually, I had um, a little bit randomly applied for um, an internal position with my consulting company. Um, I think just in the, the holiday season, right before I also found out I was pregnant. <laughs> Um, so I, I recall thinking, I just need one. I just need one. I either need to be pregnant or I need to get this job. (laughs) And then boom, (laughs) it was both. And I thought, oh shoot. Um, what am I going to tell, you know, this new boss of mine, what's going to happen? So I was very excited. I, uh, the job was internal and allowed me to be at home. Um, and it was very busy, but yeah, so I started the new job in March, um, I think officially, and then in September, Addison arrived. You had a few months to get organized. Yeah, in the new yeah. Role. That's yeah. hard, though. Yeah. yeah so switch when you're pregnant. <laughs> but it was nice knowing that I would be home, so. Yeah. Well, I think for everyone listening, it's been really fun for Maureen and I because our babies are just 
couple weeks apart, actually. And so she's been a real strong support of mine as I've been going through things, having already had her first and then having her second just a few weeks behind. And we have definitely had, you know, the 3 a.m. text messages back and forth <laughs> to each other in our different time zones um, about who was doing what, particularly related to baby sleep, which is a topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, so I just wanted to go back to the once upon a time before Addison was along the way. Do you remember sort of what it was like when you were expecting your first baby? Did you do any prep around the sleep piece? Were you focused on it? What, you know, like what was your headspace? What were you guys doing at that time? Um, there was no prep around baby sleep. I think we knew, so my sister has, um, a son that is ultimately four years older than Addison or Addie, as I call her many times. Um, so I knew kind of what, a little bit what to expect, but, um, I will say the one thing you can never, you never know what it feels like until you're in, in it is interrupted sleep, how that feels, right? So, you know, it's coming you know, you're going to be waking up in the middle of the night to feed a baby, but I don't think until you're in it, you can predict or have any sense of what it actually feels like. And it's not fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be blatantly honest, it's not fun. Um, because all, you know, unless you're a poor sleeper, all, you know, you've gotten full nights of sleep, you might get up to go to the bathroom once or whatnot, but, and you roll over and get up whatever time you need to in the morning and go to bed when you want type of thing. So I think just that dynamic changes of, you know, yeah, we didn't do any prep really just besides knowing it was coming. And I do recall in my pregnancy with Addison and same with Kate, um, that I think some of my stress about it manifests in waking up early. So, um, or waking up overnight. Um, so definitely waking up, you know, multiple times overnight, but then sometimes also waking up early and it would be like, that's when I could get more things done. So I can even remember with Kate, I would, um, pregnant with Kate, I would wake up early and I think, okay, I can go get some work done and then go to this workout that I would um, do fairly regularly. And that was mainly for my sanity because I also had a toddler at home. Um, so I probably wasn't getting as much sleep, but I was, you know, feeling better about getting things done. Yeah. So, but yeah, no real prep before the babies came. Okay. Um, and so then do you remember how it went with Addison, that sort of fourth trimester, the newborn, like, how did you guys handle it? The, the responsibilities and, um, yeah. managing so, and navigating through that. So I think one of the biggest things coming home, um, from the hospital, and I will say with both kids, we had a nursery at our hospital and we did let the, the babies go to the nursery. So I mean, I did too. So <laughs> I know there's a lot of people that don't do that, but then others that are like, you had a nursery. Oh my gosh. I would have loved that. So at Addison was small. So she was born at 37 weeks and five days. Um, she was born at five and a half pounds. Um, so obviously after 37 weeks, she was fine, but she was very tiny and we didn't expect her to be that big. Ultimately, neither one of us are very tall or large people. So, um, so yeah, so she was small. So they even needed to like take her to the nursery to do some tests 
overnight. Um, one being like her car seat, she had to get a test to, to know, um, to, to make sure she had enough oxygen while in the car seat. Mm. So anyway, they took him overnight in the nursery. So I think that was like relatively okay in the hospital. So then we get home and you go to put the baby in the bassinet the first night, right? You know, borrow this bassinet from a friend and put him in. And she's like, I'm not sleeping on my back. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so quickly, my parents were in town and my parents um, are awesome. And my mom will do almost anything. So um she just says you tell me what time I need to get up um with the baby and I will and I'll help and do whatever and so um yeah very quickly we realized a this baby is not going to sleep on their back or, or didn't seem to want to and um b they make a lot of random noises at night that you don't you're not used to and it it isn't always covered over by a sound machine so um, so yeah, with Addie, we very quickly did a rotation through her room, actually. Mm. So, um, in the evening I could, I was nursing and I could nurse her and, um, then my, Justin, my husband would more or less stay up or stay in her room or whatever it was with her until like the next feeding. And then, so he would be in her room or be with her until like one in the morning. And then I, you know, he'd wake me to feed her again. And then I would stay in her room or with her um, until about four or five in the morning. And then my mom actually for like the two weeks that she was in town would then take that shift. So whoever wasn't in the room could be in another room actually getting good sleep. Um, so that what were was the people in the room doing, was she awake or she was, no, she was, was just with her. Yeah. So because we hadn't put her in the crib at that point, and I'm not sure really why, you know, it was like, she's supposed to be in this bassinet. Well, she was sleeping swaddled up on the boppy pillow. You know, you always hear like all these things. And I was too afraid of sitting in the chair to hold her, right? Thinking I would fall asleep. And we didn't have a recliner. It's just a rocker, like swivel. But I was very nervous about that whole aspect. Mm -hmm. So we actually pulled the crib mattress out of her bed and we would like kind of doze on that while she slept right by us on the boppy pillow, which, <laughs> you know, good or bad, but it was the sleep we were getting. So um, my mom would sit in the chair with her, but like at that point she had gone to bed and probably had like seven or eight hours of sleep. So yeah. nice. we How were making the most of it. For? So that went about the two weeks, I think, that my parents were in town. And then they, um, or at least, yeah, then my mom, I think my dad had already left. So then my mom left as well after about two weeks. And at that point, we, were, we thought, well, she has to go in the crib at some point. So lo and behold, we just put our baby in the crib in the other room and had the monitor on, I think, pretty loud Good for you. in our room. So at two weeks, yeah, you know, they t you hear six months, one year, she was in her bed at like two, two weeks. But it worked for you. It totally worked. I think what helped was, um, yeah, we were all sleeping better because you weren't hearing the random noises. And the difference we noticed then with when we had the second was we only have two bedrooms upstairs. So the plan was the girls to share a bedroom. And we had Kate in our room for, um, it ended up being five months before we moved her. Mm. 
and it was, it was that we, we didn't really have another place to put her. We thought about many things like our closet or the hallway, like what can we do? Because we knew those random sounds that newborns make really kind of interrupt your sleep. So um, obviously with the second, I think you worry a little bit less um, about, you know, are they breathing? What's going on? Are they sleeping, et cetera? Um, so we definitely learned things coming from, from Addie to Kate that I think helped. Was it disruptive for you having Kate in your room for those five months when you weren't, when you hadn't had it with Addie or everybody adapted? No, it was definitely disruptive. So, um, my husband is (laughs) definitely disruptive. Yeah. (laughs) I, I tell all my friends that if we had a third bedroom upstairs, so we do have a third bedroom, but it's two floors down. So we didn't feel comfortable putting, putting Addison down there. Um, you know, we thought about many different setups, but in the end, we, we had enough space to put the full crib in our room as well, but definitely disruptive. My husband is a light sleeper, almost lighter than me at points, I think. So he's, he slept with earplugs for the first, um, number of months. And then myself, um, with Kate, I actually, I would be fine initially. And then once I like woke up to feed her um, the first, maybe second time, if I needed to, I actually would pop my AirPods in my ears and blast white noise. <laughs> and that was on top of two, two sound machines we had going on. And I think it was the, <laughs> the, the knowledge of knowing the baby will get loud enough if they need you. Absolutely. Right. And like, you still hear, right. Yeah. But it allowed, it allowed my brain to like quiet, to fall back asleep, even if she was making a little bit of noise. Um, yeah. I had to do the same thing. I already slept with earplugs before, um, becoming a mother and I still do because Mm. it just helps my brain turn off in a way that it, it won't otherwise. And I can still hear with them in but it's really a, yes. more of a trigger and a signal for me to actually fall asleep. Yeah. Without them and it's w- very difficult. We all use sound machines. So yeah. um, we did before kids, we have one in the kids room, half the time we'll travel with it or, or we'll turn it on on our phone, whatever. It's almost like we have to have that white noise. Um, and it is, it's kind of that signal to like calm, but the, in addition to that, yeah, my husband will use earplugs as needed. And then um, the AirPods kind of came in handy. They're a little uncomfortable, I will admit, sleeping yeah, right? in them. But, <laughs> but when you're tired, you get used to it. And I'd find certain positions to just sleep. So, so funny. So then as time was progressing with Addie and she was in her room, in her crib, she was still waking in the night. How'd you guys handle it? Yeah, did it so, move to only you or, or did you split? So what did you do? Addis. Addison was, like I said, she was tiny. So she was five and a half pounds, probably five when we came home. Um, so I had a lot of weight checks and whatnot with her. And when nursing was, it was a challenge for us. And I, you know, what I had heard is, um, and I, I think based on now, like what I know from Kate is, you know, Addie having been er- born early, even those couple weeks, they do develop a lot of their sucking at that point. So I think just she was a little bit of a lazy eater and like, I didn't know what I was doing. So we kind of kept working against each other. So she was definitely waking overnight to eat. Um, I can't remember exactly like the point where like we were introducing um, supplementing with formula, 
And so while I was on maternity leave, um, which I had a very um, gracious maternity leave um, of 16 weeks, I did most of the wake-ups mm-hmm. um, overnight uh, just because ultimately I could probably take a nap during the day. Not that I ever really did, um, but, <laughs> um, but I could, right. You know, sleep when the baby sleeps, that doesn't really happen. Um, unless I don't know my sisters, it did, but I'm definitely more of a, um, type a person trying to get all these things done. Right. So yeah. So Addison woke, um, and we'd eat ultimately, I would say she, you know, she definitely slept through. She'd have her longer stretches. I think I have the picture of her. Like I slept through the night around 11 weeks. And I recall her first Thanksgiving, you know, she was two and a half months. She was sleeping like seven, eight hour stretches when we were at my parents. Um, So we thought that was, that was great. But ultimately she took about 11 months and us forcing it. For her to not wake overnight so um, it became more of more of the habit uh, once I went um, back to work and actually that situation ended up a little bit differently as I found myself looking for for work but um, back in the, the the workforce my maternity leave had ended um, if she woke more than once then Justin would actually go in and give her a formula bottle so that helped so eventually you know, after when she was about four, four plus five months old, you know, typically I was only waking once overnight to feed her and then he would do the second time. So each of us would get up about once and we were very lucky. She was the type of baby that um, would eat and go right back to sleep. So I think that's why we, you know, we fed her so long overnight. We didn't push it as much because you could feed her and she'd go back to sleep. Yeah. Do you think there's anything in particular that you did that set her up for success for just going back to snooze land after those feedings? I mean, the, the swaddle for us with both kids, I think was that was super important. So, you know, for a period of time, you're still changing the diaper um, in the middle of the night. Um, so we were doing that. And then I don't totally recall with, with Addie, but for sure with Kate, sometimes like if we were, I was nursing, it was feed on one side, change the diaper to kind of wake her back up to feed on the other side. So they're getting like the full feed. Um, but that the Velcro swaddle for us was totally key. Um, also ensuring that they were warm enough. So I mm. think many times Justin and I not argued, but we're always <laughs> like, is she cold? Is she hot? You know, you could tell her hands were, you know, if their their hands weren't in, they were cold. Um, but yeah, so we had fleece, fleece Velcro halo swaddles that we used. Um, it took, yeah, it took us a while, I think with Addison to figure, to find that one and figure that one out. But the way the temperature of our house, it worked that year round, my kids both still sleep in fleece footed pajamas. Really? Three, six, five? Even Three in the middle of summer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, so interesting. Yeah. So Addison, yeah, has always done it. Always fleece. Um, and I mean, she didn't start using a blanket regularly until probably even two. And now she'll sometimes just ask for the light blanket, but like there's another, you know, heavier one in there, but yeah. And, and Kate, um, at, for a while we had her in, 
this is going to sound ridiculous, like we are suffocating our children, but in fleece-footed pajamas with a fleece sleep sack with the fleece <laughs> swaddle. And like, I think for a while, yeah, for a while we didn't have like the sleep sack in there and it was, it was finally like, I think she's actually cold, not hot. And so we added that and then, you know, things would improve. So it was kind of right now she, she obviously is old enough that she's only in a sleep sack. So she's in the fleece footed pajamas and a fleece um, sleep sack. So do you, did you ever take a temperature of your rooms to even know what your house so like we, ambient temperature we, is at? We do. Um, we have a little monitor and for a while we kept it in their room um, or like when Addie was little just to see. And um, I think last night, actually I happened to check it was around, it said it was 68 in our room. I think we try and keep it a little bit warmer than that, um, at least in their room. If the doors close for a bit, you know, when we go to bed, yeah. we typically actually open their doors so they have some airflow. Um, and, you know, I think with Addison for a while, we definitely ran the humidifier, um, but then we wouldn't at times would notice like there's condensate condensation on the windows and this is probably not good. So we kind of vary with, with the humidifier and you know, when, but you never did an additional space heater. You just went with layers. No. Yes. Yes. That's so interesting. Um, Yeah. So I I think that's a hard one to figure out if they're cold or they're hot. Um, And I have this conversation with my sister too at times because you know, if they travel and the room's warmer, she's like, Oh, she slept really well. Maybe she is cold. (laughs) <laughs> so it's it's hard to know and um for me for sure with sleep I'm not one of those people what I would hear is try something but try it for x amount of days and I'm so not that person like after night 1 you're like that didn't work try something else <laughs> I can't stick with it so um but I I always knew I should and that that's actually where Justin somewhat helped for sure. Being a light sleeper, obviously the sleep was, he, his sleep was getting interrupted too. So he had, um, he was interested in like, how do we fix this? How do we get it? How do we, mm. you know, make it better? Especially with Kate being in our room. I think with Addison, it wasn't as much. And knowing that she was tiny, he was more interested in feeding. Like that's where I kind of left it was, I think we fed her for so long overnight because, you know, he felt she needed it. And finally, I was starting a new job and thought, I can't do this and go back to work. I was very fortunate, to be honest. I ended up, you know, all things considered, it was not a great situation, but I ended up not working full time for like 10 or 11 months with with Addison. So, you know, if I didn't have a great night of sleep, you know, wasn't quite as impacted, although I was interviewing and job searching and that's stressful too. So, you know, different different place. And, you know, she had started going to daycare. We were very fortunate to be able to do that. So I could focus on the job search. Um, but it's not like I was, you know, you know, taking a nap, you know, cause I was stressed about finding a job. So yeah. once I was going back to work, I thought, okay, we got to push this. Like she's almost a year old. She should be able to sleep through the night, I think. So when did she, when did you drop the feeding, the overnight feeding? How old was she? Probably 11 months? Like 11, like 11 months. Yeah. Okay. So you kept one for all that time. Um, at least one. Yeah. Or if she woke, 
like ultimately there was no question of should we go in and just pat her back rub her you know rubber like hold her rock or anything it was just feed her be done with it because it was the quick (laughs) the quick easy solution and and I think because of the fact that we did the supplementing right for each of us to only get up once and you could be up a short amount of time because she just eat and go back down it wasn't as disruptive yeah so I don't we didn't have any like good push necessarily and we didn't have another kid at the point right she was the only one so I think it was it was working okay for us yeah yeah no that's that's great so and then the other thing I wanted to ask you about you said right at around 11 weeks when she was getting these seven to eight hour stretches you'd gone to Thanksgiving at your parents you mentioned something about um, that was before you forced it. And, and I was going to ask you what that meant. Did you, did you have any technique that you applied to encourage her to lengthen those stretches or? Um... No. So ultimately she did that with Addison. She, you know, she slept a long period and it was like, you know, you wake up thinking, oh my gosh, are they breathing still? Cause I don't think I've gotten up. And, um, so it was just like, oh, this is awesome thinking it's going to happen again. And, you know, she had these like longer stretches while we were traveling and then she went right back to her usual or, you know, then we hit four, four month regression and I'll have this conversation with friends at points. I don't really recall what those looked like at all. I didn't write it down. I, you know, I just know we were up most nights until 11 months. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, and now she's three. So how, yeah. how is she as a three-year-old who sleeps? Does she still She's, nap? Does she sleep well? What's the, what's her story? So she didn't nap the last two days at school <laughs> is what I heard. Uh-oh. Although based, based on those crazy time, these crazy times we've been having, she was home with us for three weeks. Mm-hmm. She was napping most of those days, but she was napping later than they do at school. So I think that was some of the impact is they try and put them down earlier than she had been. So um, she's actually, yes, yeah, she still naps and we do push it a little bit. She's still in a crib um, uh, and she doesn't know any better. So we just kind of keep her in there. Yeah, smart. Um, and uh, with her sister in her room, they're both in cribs. So she definitely doesn't know any better. Um, so yeah, she still naps. She's always been, um, she definitely went to one nap at one and then, cause they did that at daycare. And, um, she's never been like a very long napper. So she naps about 90 minutes and it's always been that. So, um, which is semi-unfortunate for us at times, you kind of want that two hour block, but, um, yeah, so she's still napping most days and she's, she's a good sleeper overnight. We've had, um, the hardest part for us at times was her going to bed. Um, and there's been some changes in routines and process and some of it's probably with her sister arriving and whatnot and, um, but we've we've kind of gotten into a groove and prior to Kate showing up we had talked to the pediatrician and she's like yeah you need to not be staying in the room so long you know we were kind of falling into some of those oh this it's easy to sit in the room in the dark you know and let her fall asleep in her bed right oh, how long would that thing. take I don't, um, I don't quite remember. There was a period of time where we were like rubbing her back. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, they, they block, you block things out for a reason, right? Um, it, well, and sometimes it was, to be honest, you kind of, 
like you could still be on your phone checking something or Mm -hmm. so it was a little bit of quiet time for yourself so I almost didn't always mind sitting in the chair in her room because it was dark and you could just like rest and you know you know she's going to sleep and once she went to sleep she was good so she's been a decent overnight sleeper like once she started sleeping through the night um the majority of the time um you know every once in a while she'll wake sometimes she she wants a kleenex um or her blanket or i use the kleenex as a ploy um you know saying like oh you need a kleenex okay and then give her something and get out of there but oh just to like distract her off of the reason why she may have woken up yeah because a lot of times she doesn't know and Kleenex has worked at times. She, at the older she gets, the more she kind of knows what she wants when she wakes. But ultimately, I'd say at this point, 95% of the time, 90, probably 8% of the time she sleeps. Great. And it's, it's very amazing how well a toddler sleeps with a baby in the room. Yeah, I would love to so talk about that. Um, how you introduce the two of them to the same yeah. space. Why don't we talk about that? And then we'll go back and hear about Kate's, Kate's okay. early days. Newborn. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was an interesting thing. Um, we thought, I don't know that Justin and I thought a, we'd still be in the same place when we, if, if, and when we had two kids. So it was never really a concern. And then, you know, all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is happening. We aren't moving at the moment. Um, what are we going to do? And, you know, I, of course, thinking like, okay, I think we can fit two cribs. Where can we put Kate? You know, what we do. So um, we had some Kate, some, I guess, luck, I don't know, with Kate uh, sleeping through the night a bit earlier, or at least not eating overnight, not nursing. Um, and so that was kind of our trigger of, okay, let's, let's try and move the crib. So we moved Kate into... Um, the same room to share with Addie at five months. And we left a pack and play in our room in case we, you know, in case it didn't go well and we had to pull Kate back, we at least had that, that backup. Um, Initially, what was great about it was Addison loved it and she wanted to go to bed at the same time as Kate. (laughs) So for us, (laughs) like, I mean, Kate wasn't going to bed too early. So it was between seven and seven 30, which, you know, but to get both kids down now, nowadays, it's more like Kate could be down at seven and Addie's not down till eight. So, yeah. you know, back then it was, it was like, this is great. She wanted, Addison wanted to beat Kate to bed. So she wanted to like be in her crib before Kate was, and they would just like go to sleep. Um, so a little bit mind blowing, I think for both of us, cause of course we had anxiety about moving Kate into the room and thinking like, how's this going to go? I talked to a number of people that had two if not three kids in one room and all I kept hearing was toddlers sleep hard like Mm. once they go to sleep they sleep they most likely like won't be woken up by the baby the problem that um you have to think about is the toddler then waking up the baby so if the toddler wakes will the baby hear them um so so yeah we moved moved them and they were going down for bed like quite easy Um, Kate was still, um, she would still wake. So we've had, she's now almost 11 months and we're not a hundred percent consistent sleeping through, but, um, usually she stopped nursing or 
we stopped feeding her overnight more so because she kind of directed it around five months and she does take a pacifier so typically she would wait for that um, but you could usually pop the passy back in and and leave yeah. so to us you know we were still swaddling her for a while um I have to admit longer than <laughs> she was rolling, but she was still being swaddled. So at night she, she wouldn't roll over. Um, so I'm trying to think when we stopped swaddling her, but she just seemed like, or we would put the swaddle actually around her belly. She would go to night, go to bed with her hands out. And then she would sometimes wake in the early morning and all you had to do was throw her hands in. And we don't know if it was, they were cold or, you know, she was just starting to wake and you could throw her hands back in and she'd go right back to sleep. Mm. But she still liked that pressure of the swallow yeah. on her torso. Yeah. We did that for yeah. a while when Ethan's hands came out too. Um, yeah. That it's a nice feeling. Cozy. Yeah. I think that, you know, yeah, just the coziness. So, yeah. yeah. So did you have any instances where Addie woke in the night and then woke Kate up? Has it happened? Um, we have, I, I'm trying to think if it's happened in the middle of the night, um, maybe like once or twice, but it was probably more with like, you know, someone having a cold or coughing or whatnot. I would say it'd be more like in the early part of the night, Addison going to bed, not being as quiet and then waking Kate up or like nap situations. Sometimes we'd have them napping at the same time. Same and time, same room for nap. Very impressive. We can, we can, we can do it. They don't always go down at the same time. So you'd kind of have to getting Kate down and then Addison into the room and down is easier than at this point. Sometimes it was easy to just like carry Kate in there, but she'd be half asleep. So yeah. 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 I know blows my mind still to have kids in the same room and that they actually sleep. So um, <laughs> Justin is a huge proponent of not having kids in our bed. And I probably would have been like a pushover on that one to just be like, I'm tired, just bring them in. And we did as Kate was little, little, like sometimes in the early morning, I could like lay her next to me and she'd fall back asleep. I'm usually like still swaddled, but we've tried like once or twice when Addie was sick and she won't even like settle in our bed. So yeah. um, it actually is really nice for us. It works well. And you know, the fact that he's a proponent of it you know, I think he gets up and deals with it as well. So yeah. it's definitely an overnight tag team effort of, you know, we want to get as much sleep as we can. It helps when all parties are aligned. That yeah. For so, sure. so it's good and bad that he's a light sleeper in my mind. Um, it's yeah. It, he's yeah. He needs his sleep, <laughs> but, um, but so that's been nice that like, yeah, since it interrupts him too, he has a vested interest in it. Whereas, you know, I have a sister that her husband can sleep with the baby like three inches from his face, you know, making noise and whatever, and he doesn't hear anything. Wow. That's a, that's right? a superpower right there. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, and then one other question about Addie, when you drop the night feeds, like what? Do you remember what technique you used or how did you mm. do that? Because at 11 months, you know, they're so conscious. They know what's going on for sure. So I'm sure she was aware when you stopped feeding her. What did you, what, what did you do? 
I think there was a lot of back rubbing. Mm. She was sleeping on her belly at that point. Um, one, one good tip we, we did get and or read about, can't quite recall. Don't take them out of that bed. Like, don't pick the baby up to rock them. Don't, mm. you know, like once they go in their bed for the night, like, especially once you stop that feed, like don't encourage them that like, if they cry out, you get them out of their bed. So as painful as it could have as it was probably, I'm sure, multiple nights. Again, that's all repressed memory. <laughs> I can tell you more about Kate. Um, is, yeah, just, you know, it's the rubbing the back. You're okay. You know, that that's a great thing. tip. And I, I haven't heard that. Yeah, don't, yeah. So I, I, I definitely cave sometimes with Kate or have. Um, but, and then usually Justin... <laughs> reprimands I would say <laughs> although not quite. yeah he's a bit more than forcer like I thought we talked about not getting them out of the bed it's it's actually yeah I think a good thing it's hard right when you're up in the middle of the night yeah and you're tired right most of us want I don't care quick fix whatever it needs to be but then it's like do you want to deal with the pain for like a couple nights or a week or maybe three weeks or three years. So that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why so, we're here, right? <laughs> so it's totally, yeah. Put in the, put in the work and you reap the benefits. Um, and I, I would say I read, you know, I'd look at the schedules. I'd hear, talk to friends, you know, they have kids sleeping through the night earlier and you're like, what am I doing wrong? And it's nothing. Every kid's different. Even our two kids, right? One stopped eating overnight at five months. One stopped like a not until we forced it at 11. Granted, they were almost two pound difference coming, coming out and like two week difference. So I do think there is something to be said about bigger babies sleeping um, better and or through the night sooner. But also then I talk to friends and that's not always the case. So, you know, friends of mine that have great milk production, like the kid doesn't necessarily sleep more. So sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. And I think that's the hardest part about being a parent and being a parent in, you know, a newborn or yeah, newborn, whether it's your first or second or whatnot, you know, you have these expectations in your head or thoughts of how this should go and you're not always in control yeah no it's true yeah right that's probably a great time for us to transition and talk about when Kate was on the way and um you were very knowledgeable parents who were already on your second baby from before she even arrived on the scene was there any discussion about you know sleep or anything you wanted to do differently um what what was your sort of thoughts around baby number two? Yeah, so I do remember asking Justin the question of, okay, here comes the second one. Thinking about what we've done with Addie, would we do anything differently? And that was a question I asked kind of like broadly. And he goes, no, I don't think so. I thought, (laughs) really? Okay, like we did everything perfectly, right? So no, so um, positive. I love him. (laughs) Right. We never, we never really, um, talked much like directly about it. 
Um, I think it was more like in the moment because I, I think both of us realize, yeah, every, every kid's different, you know, first you got to get the baby here. You have to see how long they're in and like, see how big they are and just, you know, kind of, kind of go from there. We did know hundred percent we were using that Velcro swaddle from like the moment they popped out. So Kate arrived, she was born just three days early. Um, and she was seven pounds, five ounces. So almost two pounds more than, than Addie and we laughed as they weighed her and thought can you do that again did we really make did we really make a big baby and I mean but she was in two two extra weeks um about so that that you know to us proved a lot and I think you know with the nursing um we still do also supplement her a little bit but um I knew better what I was doing I think she had more, she knew better what she was doing. Um, just having been in longer, I think that sucking motion does, does develop better. Yeah. I don't know, based on what I've read and, and from talking to the lactation consultants. So um, I was also fortunate with Kate that the lact, um, lactation consultant I found with Addie that I really loved is also a PA. So she ended up, she's like the girl's PA that we see. Um, so I kind of had one in the same, so she was watching closely with everything. So not a whole lot on sleep. We did borrow a Docatot from a friend with Kate and I had one with Addie too, but of course, first time parents, we were like, eh, I don't know that we put her in this right with Kate. It's like, oh, she'll be fine. <laughs> and right away she's sleeping in that Docatot. So shh, don't tell anyone. Um, I know lots of friends that had, had, um, good luck with those as well. But similar with Addison, um, my, uh, we were lucky enough that uh, Kate was born the end of January. So prior to um, life changing based yeah. on COVID. And so my parents were here for two weeks at that point, which was really great. And again, we, we, we knew that routine um, that worked with Addison. We knew babies are going to make a lot of noise. Um, we know, you know, you don't sleep that well with them in there. We could kind of tell she, again, didn't really want to be like on her back. So we actually had this, now we didn't have Addie's room to use. Addie was sleeping in her room. So we made, we had this rotation through our like living room um, on the couch and Kate slept in the dock tot swaddled, kind of elevated under some blankets so that she was, yeah, so elevated. So that was one other big thing I can't really recall I think we did a little bit with Addie um either like um towels under the crib and or books under the crib something yeah. to elevate um elevate it a little bit um so that they're not I mean if you can imagine as an adult I don't like sleeping on my back I know a lot of adults do but like you know if you're inverted at all or like laying I don't know totally flat I think it's after eating it's ne never pleasant so, um, so we had her elevated and yeah, we did this rotation through on the couch. So she definitely had more of a like fussy period in the evening. Um, but again, Justin, um, he would kind of take that early shift. So I would feed her, I would try and go to bed. He would wake me to feed her again. Um, and then he would take her back. So I would sleep maybe like eight even sometimes in the early days till like eight to 10 and then even 
I'd feed her and then sleep again till like one. And then I would come down to the living room and I would take that shift from like one to five um, and feed her and then go to sleep as much as I could. And then my mom would come up because she's a saint um, and, and hang out from five o'clock on. So we, until Addison was waking up. So that's, I think the difference when you have the second, right? You're not just sleeping like until the baby wakes up, you now have another kid that's going to wake up. Um, I do have to say with Kate, I felt that I had, I had like a two week period where I just, I felt great, um, right after she was born. And I don't know why, like, you know, the high of labor or something, but I just ran with it. So I was like, okay, I'm like getting sleep when I can. And I like felt awake and I don't know, drinking coffee and all the, all the things, but I was able to, I, I was also very lucky with my labor and recovered very quickly. I was able to, you know, be taking Addie to, to daycare right away and her music class. And we were still doing some things. So, um, but for about those two weeks, we did that rotation on the, in the living room with Kate so that whoever was asleep in the room was actually getting some good sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then we moved her when I, I think it was right before my parents left. We were like, okay, we're going to have to put her back in the room at some point. So let's try it. And I think she did relatively well. Again, she was still in the docker tot, in the crib, elevated. But now sleeping in mom and dad's room. Correct. And again, with like two sound, I bought a second sound machine. So we had two sound machines going in our room. Um, And I had a chair um, in our room too. So you know, that's, I, I always wanted to like get up for myself. I, our bed is actually quite high. So for me to feed on the bed would be challenging. And I know with, with Addie, I always wanted, like, I wanted to be sitting up. I wanted to make sure I was, I was awake. So same with Kate. And I think one other really good tip that I have actually is probably the best. One of my best is, um, for the bedroom is to have a red light bulb. So find a lamp. And I actually don't know that I ever told you this. Um, But so, you know, you always need some type of light um, to, to see like changing a diaper or, you know, feeding, whatever it is, there's always something. So I got this tip from the lady that was cutting my hair at the time (laughs) who had 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 her first was a red light bulb. So get a a lamp, a small lamp and a red light bulb. And red light is not nearly as jarring as as white light. And so we still have one to this day in our room and in Addie's room, Addie and Kate's room. And you can, I could, with Addie, I could always turn on the light and like diaper, feed, et cetera, do all the things I needed. And no one's like, oh my gosh, the light Mm -hmm. is so bright. So I did the same thing in our room. I had a little lamp by um, by the chair. And obviously we're fortunate enough. Our bedroom is quite large to fit the crib, our bed and, you know, a chair too. So I could turn on the light. It's not, you know, totally jarring to, to Justin and feed Kate overnight. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so then, um, when the night feedings dropped, I mean, it sounds like that was a steady state for a while. Um, that she was waking a couple times overnight until five yeah. Months. So, so Kate, so Kate ultimately, I think for a while was kind of on that whole like yeah, um, 
I'm going to feed her like seven ish. I tried to like, I was like a little bit more like, I'm going to dictate kind of when you're, when you're eating, Mm -hmm. um, as much as I could. So I was very much more like a little bit scheduled with her than I was with, with Addie. I think, I think I tried with Addie, but, um, just being her weight, it wasn't, didn't seem to work as well. But with Kate, I was, yeah, trying a little bit more of like the schedule. So I, you know, would loosely follow baby wise. Um, and more so the like eat, then play, then sleep cycle, right? Whatever that looked like. And I was always kind, kind of looking at like, what are their wake times? So as we're thinking about going to sleep for the night, um, I know with Kate, we actually started putting her down for bed earlier than we put down, than we would put Addie down. Um, earlier in the she, night or earlier in terms of age? Yeah, earlier in terms of age. Mm. So I want to say we started with Kate, maybe even like two months mm-hmm. that in Addie, it was probably like three or closer to four, like right before she was going to daycare, we were like, okay, she probably should have like more of a like routine. But Kate was having this fussy period in the evening. And finally I'm like, okay, I'm over this. I think you're just tired. Yeah. And like even and so finally I'm like all right let's just give it a go and like we would put her down for bed um like the seven o'clock period or seven thirty, and that seemed to work it seemed better like she was she like needed the dark room you know like kind of her spot like probably just needed to be alone I don't know um so for a while I woke her actually before I went to bed to try and feed her oh so you did a dream um, feed well I to me it wasn't necessarily a dream feed when I would read about a dream feed, the kid was like practically still sleeping, but Uh-oh. I would like actually wake Kate. Yeah. Because yeah, otherwise yeah. she wouldn't, she wouldn't latch if she wasn't really awake. So usually I'd wake her. Um, and she'd go right back and, to sleep after that. Usually some, every once in a while we'd have like, you know, like, ah, this didn't work. And um, we did something similar, I think, with Addie too, for a while, like trying to feed her, you know, always trying to think you're like filling them up before bed. But yeah. eventually, similar with both of them, it was just a different time frame in terms of age. I would eventually get to the point where I'm like, I think we're interrupting some of their best sleep. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so eventually we stopped waking her and, and Justin would be like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like, she's just going to wake at like 11. And I'm like, well, I get that. I'm willing to try it, you know? And I think what we, what we realized was eventually she started stringing along like longer sleep. So it was that her long stretch would be from like seven until three ish or so. Mm -hmm. And she would, she would sleep that long or maybe seven 30, whatever. Um, and so we let her, and so eventually we got to the point where she was waking like once overnight and <laughs> I guess I would probably say, since we're mean parents, we're like, okay, we know you can do this. So now yeah. we're going to force you to do this. Right. So then we'd get to the point where it's like, okay, I'll feed her if she wakes up 3 a.m. or later, whatever time it was. Right. We kind of dictated a time. And, and if she woke up before that, we try and like passy, you know, rubber belly, a couple different things because we knew she could go longer Mm -hmm. and for a while was 3am and then it would be 4am and then she just kind of kept going a little bit longer 
and yeah, around like the five month mark, she was making it, you know, decently all night. I know what you read is five mo- five hours of sleeping through the night. That's total <laughs> garbage to me. I cannot feel sleep like five- it as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can sleep five five hours at night. Uh, you know, and not feel good at all. So. Uh, seven is definitely like more my my mo but um but as a baby you know you hear they sleep like 11 to 12 hours so yeah so um I, we definitely had some trying nights with her and some probably arguments of like that's not what we discussed and you know looking at some of the sleep blogs and and whatever you could find online that we weren't necessarily paying for and hesitating on like, should we buy something? Should we not? I had Uh talked to a sleep consultant once with before with Addie and decided it was like too early to try and sleep trainer. Um, and kind of felt the same with Kate. Like, should I talk to someone? Should I not? And I knew I would have to like document all the things. And that's, I was tracking things in an app, but I wasn't always super diligent about it. So I think that's why I hesitated on many of that. That makes sense. Well, what resources were you using that you found helpful? Um, You said you were looking at some blogs and doing some research, but never did anything special. What what do you? So so obviously talking to friends, kind of reading some of like what's what's in Baby Wise and the whole like feeding, and then um, why am I blanking on like the ABCs of sleep? What is? Oh, taking care of babies. Yeah, taking care of babies. So that was probably the biggest one. So following her on Instagram and um, um, I have another friend that had a baby just three days after Kate. So we were always like comparing kind of what was going on. Um, And she had sent me like, you know, podcasts and I'd listen to like stuff from, yeah, taking care of babies. So I debated like, should I get that? I know you and I talked a couple times and, you know, I, we just kept, like one week would be good. And then like the next week, maybe we'd have a couple bad nights, but, um, you know, we were having more good nights than bad. I I would say. And just like, yeah, when we got to the point of kind of pushing to move her into the other room, that was definitely a game changer. Like that helped. Mm-hmm. I wasn't having to sleep with AirPods in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Cause I think even as she got older, you know, that it was mainly that early morning waking kind of her just like moving around and stuff. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So how have you navigated uh, the months since Kate started sleeping through the night? I mean, we're just a few weeks ahead of you. So I know we've had nights when Ethan learned to sit or learned to stand that they were exciting evenings and dropping a nap, um, all those different challenges that you really go through in the second half of that first year. Do you have, was it just smooth sailing or did you, did you have any of those moments? No, we've definitely had challenges and like, what are we going to do? How do we get erect to sleep? You know, I have caved and better at times. Um, It's not actually my first instinct, which is probably crazy to a lot of people when I share it with my other friend, like friends with similar age babies, they're like, oh, I would have just fed them. And I'm like, but I haven't done it in so long. That's not my first instinct. And then in the after thought I'm like why didn't I just feed her that she would have gone probably right back to sleep but I don't want to like 
create this bad habit, right? Um, and that's probably what I'm thinking at the moment. So again, similar with like, you know, Addie, Justin's also very invested. So um, has there been nights where we're up five times? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, each of us are like kind of flip-flopping. If it's early in the night, I'm usually a hard sleeper and I don't always hear it. So he's like, well, I was up at, you know, whatever time. So then, you know, I might lay there a little longer and then he gets up and <laughs> vice versa, whatever. Um, but yeah, I was sitting and standing and we have blinds that she can now like she reaches like she's just standing there playing with the blinds or banging her passy on the side of the the crib it, it mainly uh, I would say mainly our biggest challenge is is once she's down for bed she's usually pretty good unless she's moved around a lot like mm-hmm. even last night we could hear her cry out and then when we go and check on her before we go to bed you can tell she's like crunched up in the corner and that's probably why she cried out because she like ran into the crib um but ultimately she's pretty good you can usually just it's like she's lost her passy so we don't love that because we're like "Uh, how are we going to break up this passy addison never really took to one Mm -hmm. so we never had a breaker of it but to be honest the second child we're like shoving that thing in yeah it's fine and um you know she does she yeah, she mainly takes it at naps and at night, and I don't even think they use it at daycare. So um, nap transitions haven't been that hard because they always only ever did two at daycare, which drove me insane in the beginning because she was only four months old and should have had three. <laughs> but um, so she's been on two naps. They will transition her most likely to one um, at school and we can kind of already see that she might she's getting ready even which is surprising because I know a lot of people have kids that take two naps for quite a while she will definitely not be there because she's yeah like fighting some of them at times mm-hmm. um, so hopefully she'll like make it longer when she does take one because um, we have just like a month and a half until she's one um, but ultimately she's been, yeah, pretty good. Like a lot of back rubbing and stuff and yeah. you're okay. Like Justin's more of a shusher and I'm more of a, okay. Like you're okay. I'm here. Like back rubber type thing. But you definitely go in and you're present when those <clears throat> wakes happen. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think, you know, the, as the months go on, we kind of, we do try and like, wait a minute. I will say we're quicker to go in because she shares a room if yeah. she didn't share a room to be honest we'd let her go more um so it's that hesitation of like you're not going to wake up your sister are you um and that's our concern if we if Addie ends up awake now we have two kids awake mm-hmm. um so we have been we have even mentioned this to each other that like we're much quicker to jump which we hate but it just is what it is so yeah i mean you have two kids successfully sharing a room who are little double cribs it's amazing who are little so yeah it can happen it does work so like sort of how did you manage when you were sleep deprived and getting here and it feels like every you know every conversation I have there's these huge emotional aspects to the sleep and I just would be so curious to know how that manifested for you guys if it was actually a really positive thing or if there were challenges along the way um yeah um yeah sleep's huge I think um I, and I can function on a lot less sleep than 
and Justin Ken. Um, it catches up with me over a couple of days. Um, I will definitely not hesitate to go to bed early. I'm not a night owl by any means. Like even on the weekends, we're in bed by usually sleeping by 1030. Like I go to bed at the same time almost every night. Um, pregnant, I was going to bed earlier, but um, I would say that um, it did catch up to me probably. And there was a lot of factors going on in the, the current state of our world back in, um, in March. And eventually Justin said, you go sleep in the basement. Mm-hmm. I'll take Kate overnight. And the one, the one, like, I guess, good thing for me was we knew I could make it a number of hours. I don't have like an overproduction. So I had no reason to like necessarily get up overnight to nurse, except that she wanted to. Um, would she wake still? Sure. But like I could make it all night um, without like pumping or nursing. So, so I think that was helpful. I feel like that probably happened as well, maybe with Addie, but I don't quite remember was he knew I needed a good, right? Like in eight weeks, I hadn't had a full night of sleep. Whereas yeah. he had, because he hadn't maybe got, he had gone to bed late, but had slept like seven hours without even in the beginning without the baby in the room, you know, when my parents were helping. So I do recall like early March, she was about eight weeks and I was able to go sleep. I fed her around 10 and went to sleep in our basement bedroom. And I slept, I think from 10 to 10 or 10 30 till six. And to me, that was like, even just one night just totally changed things, you know, kind of going forward. And like, he also knew, okay, if I push her a bit, Right. Like, I think even at that time, she was only maybe waking about once. Um, and so he fed her and, you know, with a bottle and that was fine and um, helped to like refresh me. Um, and yeah, I would say I'm fortunate, whereas I talked to other friends, right? Like they require a lot of sleep. So they are more of like the nappers and and whatnot. And my sister, I have sisters that can fall asleep almost anywhere. They could fall asleep sitting in, you know, the chair. The second we turn on like movies when we're all together, they're asleep on the floor. And I'm like, just go to bed. And they're like, I don't want to miss out. I'm like, you're sleeping. (laughs) So I don't know. Sleep's very important. It affects a lot of different things. So for us as parents and as kids, right, we have to like be cautious and conscious of it. Yeah. Of knowing we need sleep. And I, I, one other big thing I think with Addison is I thought babies would just sleep when they needed to sleep and like would fall asleep, right? Anywhere you always hear these kids, like they just fall asleep. And I'm like, yeah, not my kids. So they still will fall asleep, you know, in the car seat, in the car, in the stroller. I mean, Addison, not as much, but, um, you know, Kate is definitely, both my kids have had FOMO, as I would call it, fear of missing out at times. So Kate will sit there and like watch everything, you know, she'll fall asleep for 15 minutes before we're at the zoo and then be awake and really not take a morning nap until we're back in the car. Um, and so with Kate, we learned, and we were home a lot due to COVID that, you know, good and bad, we were putting her down for naps. We were pretty religious about like the schedule and, you know, knowing like, okay, you had your wake time. Like you, I need to put you down and put you down awake. So you learn to fall asleep which we didn't do nearly as much with Addie. I nursed her a lot to sleep. Mm. 
So yeah, things, th things, you, yeah, you learn and like, yeah, we, we tried, tried better, I guess the second time around, but. But it sounds great. You have a largely yeah. sleeping household. Yeah. I mean, kids. it's perfect. I, I hope, I hope um, talking to you today is, is good luck for uh, tonight, but last night, Last night I didn't get out of bed. Yeah. I mean, Justin did once with Kate, but yeah. So from That's like great. Kate went down around seven and Addison around eight. And ultimately I think it was, you know, if Kate wakes, it's usually like five, it's starting to be like the early morning. Most people would say she still slept through the night, but we're more of like, you need to sleep till seven. Yeah. Right. <laughs> kind of family. <laughs> like they haven't, I will. I, one other thing that I'm thinking of right now is we have an okay to wait clock. Oh yeah. And we got that, um, in Addison's room prior to her being one. And we've all, you know, you can just press it and it can turn green, um, to say it's okay to get up. So for a week, we think ours looks like a frog. So we call it the frog. And so we've just many times always said, as Addie was one and like, you know, growing, oh, the frog woke up. Okay, we can get you out of your bed. And so a lot of times in those wee early morning hours, we wouldn't let her get out of her bed. And we kept talking about, you know, she was almost too little to understand what this meant. But now she's like, oh, now she's, she gets it. And she has for a while, like, oh, the frog's not up. So I think she almost like looks for it mm -hmm. and rolls over if. If not, that's such a great tip to start that young. I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. So if but. you don't have one, I, I get it and you can just hit it even if the kid wakes up early. Right. So even if they're up at six 30 or whatever time that you're willing to get up, you can hit it so that they're associating that light with like mom getting me, mom or dad getting me out of bed. Got it. Oh, very clever. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the yeah, time. Yeah, this to, has been fun. Thank and, you. And share all of your wonderful tips. I really appreciate it. And I know everyone will appreciate listening to your story. If anyone wanted to connect with you and say hello, where's the best place that they could find you? Um, so you can find me on, I mean, you're welcome to share an email or you can find me on Facebook under Maureen Perina Potter. Um, Great. Yeah, we'll put your easiest. contact info on your episode page. So if you want to say hey to Maureen, um, you can find her yeah. there. But thank you so much. And it is so fun always to talk about baby sleep with you. So I really appreciate yes. you being available today. This, this was great. Yes, this was fun. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe to the Baby Sleep Podcast wherever you get your content. Check us out on Instagram at the Baby Sleep Podcast. And visit our website, www.babysleeppodcast.com, where you'll find individual episode notes, including links to products or resources mentioned in the conversation. And of course, send your parent friends our way, because we could all use a little more sleep.